Welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject. Paul's Life and Letters, For or Against Torah. This is part eight of the series. So the non-Jews didn't come to Yeshua just to live a sinful lifestyle, transgress the Torah. No, they were being instructed regarding a particular issue, the proper way to follow the Torah, according to what the Torah says, when they became a part of the commonwealth of Israel and believing in Yeshua as the Messiah. Now, the perspective in Acts chapter 15, verse 5, that these Pharisees which believed were given regarding the non-Jews that believed in Yeshua as the Messiah was in conflict in contrast to the position of Paul and Barnabas because it says in Acts chapter 15 verse 2 that Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. In other words, they had a heated argument regarding the issue and the matter. And so let's break down what really the sect of the Pharisees which believed what they were trying to advocate regarding the non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah. The text says that they were saying that the non-Jews needed to be circumcised and to keep the law. So here, circumcision is synonymous with keeping the law. And I'm going to show you that circumcision being associated with keeping the law is synonymous with going through a conversion to Orthodox Judaism. In order to see how there's a connection between the usage of being circumcised and going through a conversion process to be accepted as a member of the family of the God of Israel, I'm going to share with you the steps that in that day, in the first century, the steps that the Pharisees taught that a non-Jew would have to go through to convert to Judaism, and those steps are the same as they are today. So we can find these steps at the website beingjewish.com in the article that describes the conversion process. It entails the following. Step one, when a Gentile wants to become Jewish, the rabbis are required to try to dissuade the person from doing so. Number two, can a non-Jew convert to Judaism and still 
believe in Yeshua as Messiah? Honestly, the answer is no. This is not something negotiable in Judaism. Number three, there is only one way for a non-Jew to convert to Judaism, and that one way is through an Orthodox Jewish rabbinical court called a Beit Din. But before you could appear before that court, you need to find a Orthodox Jewish rabbi accepted by the court. And the rabbi will want the candidate to study and understand what they are doing, what they are committing to, and what the process entails. And so they will be have to study elements and aspects of the Torah itself as interpreted and taught by Orthodox Judaism. When the rabbi feels that you've reached a level that you would be ready for the conversion, he will quiz or test you to make sure that he's satisfied that you have adequately comprehended that which you are studying. Then a rabbi will bring you before the rabbinical court, the Beit Din, and there the rabbis on the rabbinical court may still try to dissuade the candidate from converting to Judaism. When the rabbis on the rabbinical court are satisfied that the candidate is indeed serious about the conversion and understand what they're doing and, and their obligations and that they are sincere, then they will allow the process to go forward. The last step, step number six, is if you are a man, then in order to finish the conversion, a man will be required to get circumcised. For men who are already circumcised, there will be a ritual that they will go through in drawing blood that will satisfy the requirements of that element of the process. So, therefore, for a man circumcision then is the event by which the conversion gets completed or carried out. And when the conversion is made, then you are committing yourself to follow the Torah and specifically follow the Torah as interpreted through the eyes of the rabbis who put the oral law above the written law. And so therefore, becoming circumcised and follow the Torah means to have a conversion to Judaism. It does not mean following the Torah in and of and by itself independent of the conversion to Judaism, which is how traditional Christianity interprets the verse today. So that is why we have the misunderstanding of Acts chapter 15 and also Paul's letters, particularly Romans and Galatians. Now, the seventh step in this process is one of the fundamental rules for one who converts to Judaism is to give respect and honor to the rabbis and the halakhic authorities, which means you honor them by obeying, following, and doing what they say. And in order to carry out these obligations and responsibilities, you will have to be a part of a Jewish community and a Jewish congregation. And so, now, since we see and understand from Acts chapter 15, verse 5, that the Pharisees who believed in Yeshua as the Messiah, they were advocating 
that in order to be a part of the commonwealth of Israel, that the non-Jew needs to see Pharisaic rabbis and go through a conversion process, and if you're male, get circumcised. Now, since we understand that that's their position in their view, and given in Acts chapter 15, verse 2, Paul and Barnabas was in a heated argument against that view, what was the position particularly of Paul? Well, even though we're not told what it is, in Acts chapter 15, verse 2, Paul explains his position elsewhere in his letters, particularly in the book of Romans, which we're going to look at and examine. And so, was Paul opposing non-Jews following the Torah in an oven by itself? No, he was not. What was he doing? He was advocating that the non-Jews follow the Torah in the proper and correct way that the Torah teaches. And so, this disagreement then was over the issue of and the role of circumcision. And so what was the position in Acts chapter 15 verse 5 of the Pharisees who believed in Yeshua as the Messiah as regarding the non-Jews? Well, we find that position from Genesis chapter 17 verses 9 and 10 where we are told the following. God said to Abraham, you shall keep my covenant, therefore you and your seed after you in their generations. This This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your seed after you. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So most Christians know that the Torah requires physical circumcision. What most Christians don't know is that the God of Israel and his Torah requires that a person be circumcised in their heart. And this is Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 12 and 16. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? It says in verse 16, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. So now we can see that the Torah teaches physical circumcision and it teaches circumcision of the heart. Most Christians aren't aware of this. Most Christians think that the Torah teaches physical circumcision, but in contrast, to that, it's the New Testament and the New Covenant that teaches circumcision of the heart. And so the way and the reason why we misunderstand Acts 15 in the teachings of Paul in Romans and Galatians is because we have a lack of understanding that the Torah specifies both a physical circumcision and a circumcision of the heart. But also what we don't understand is that while the Torah was given as a covenant, which means if you break any part of the covenant, you've broken the entire covenant. Even the least parts of the covenant, if you break, you've broken the covenant. So even though you break any part of the covenant, even the least part of the covenant, it's regarded that you've broken the covenant itself. Not all Torah commandments have equal weight. And we can see this principle in Matthew chapter 5 verse 19. Whoever shall break one of the least commandments. So we're told that there's commandments that are lesser than other commandments. We can see this from Yeshua's words in Matthew chapter 23 verse 23 where he says to the Pharisees, that they're hypocrites because even though they pay tithes,
tithe of mint and anise and cumin. So the Torah teaches that we are to tithe. In their tithing, they neglected or omitted what Yeshua called the weightier matters of the Torah. And the weightier matters of the Torah is judgment, mercy, and faith. So we got the principle that some Torah commandments are weightier than others. That being the case, what has greater weight? Physical circumcision or circumcision of the heart? And this was the debate of Acts chapter 15. The debate was not if non-Jews should follow the Torah, but in coming to faith in Yeshua as the Messiah, in order to be accepted to, as a part of the commonwealth of Israel, did that acceptance to be a part of the commonwealth of Israel, did that come through physical circumcision, or does that come through circumcision of the heart? So, what was Paul's perspective on the issue? We're not told in Acts chapter 15, but in Paul's letters, he does explain his position, particularly in the book of Romans. And so let's look at Romans chapter 4 and verses 1 through 3 and understand Paul's position. He writes, What shall we say then that Abraham our father has found pertaining to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has whereof the glory, but not before God. So in other words, if Abraham was righteous because of his own conduct, then because of his own conduct, he deserved a reward. He deserved merit for his own conduct. But if Abraham is righteous because of his own conduct in and of and by itself separate from the God of Israel, then the God of Israel doesn't receive glory because it was Abraham who made himself righteous. And so that's what Paul is explaining. But Paul says, what does the scripture, what does the Torah say? Abraham believed God and was counted on him to righteousness. So here in Romans chapter 4 verse 3, Paul is making a reference to or quoting from Genesis in chapter 15 and verse 6. And so then Paul asked the question in Romans chapter 4 verse 10. How was it then reckoned to Abraham? He's asking the question, when the God of Israel declared Abraham righteous through his trusting in the God of Israel, in Genesis 15 verse 6, where it says once again, he believed God and God counted unto him for righteousness. And so what did he believe that God counted unto him for righteousness? He believed the promise of God. And where do we find that promise that Abraham believed? It's in Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 3, where the God of Israel appeared to Abraham and said, leave your country and go to a place that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I'll bless those that bless you and curse those who curse you. So Abraham trusted, he obeyed, he believed the promise of God. And so he left his home and his family in Ur of the Chaldees and he traveled to what is now the land of Israel. So Paul asks the question in Romans chapter 4 verse 10, when it says in Genesis 15 verse 6, it was counted unto him for righteousness. At that time, right here in Genesis 15 verse 6, Paul asks the question, was Abraham circumcised? The answer is no. So he says, how was it reckoned to Abraham that by faith it was counted unto him to righteousness? When he was in circumcision or uncircumcision? Paul says, not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. 
So we see that Abraham was declared righteous by faith in trusting in the word and the promises of the God of Israel. And it wasn't because of Abraham living his own independent life separate from the God of Israel. Now, after Abraham was declared righteous by the God of Israel for his obedience to believe his promises, then in Genesis chapter 17, the God of Israel commanded Abraham to get circumcised. So Paul is making the argument that physical circumcision did not establish the righteousness in the covenant relationship. Faith established the righteousness and the covenant relationship in the faith associated with a circumcised heart. What the sect of the Pharisees, which believed in Acts chapter 15, verse 5, was arguing regarding the non-Jews who believed in Yeshua as the Messiah was that they were to go through a conversion to Judaism to establish the covenant relationship and thus the righteousness of God. So the reason why Paul was so adamantly opposed to it was because it was not what the Torah taught. So Paul then says that Abraham first showed circumcision of the heart, then he was told to be physically circumcised. Romans chapter 4 verse 11, that Abraham received the sign of circumcision, which was a seal of the righteousness of his faith, which he already had while he was uncircumcised, that Abraham would be the example, or he would be the father of all those that believe in God of Israel and believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. And so then Paul is going to compare and contrast a non-Jew who does what the Torah says, even though he was not in his upbringing associated with being in covenant with the God of Israel, to a Jew who is in covenant with the God of Israel, yet doesn't follow the Torah. Romans chapter 2 verse 26. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, and here Paul's using the word uncircumcision to refer to non-Jewish believers in Yeshua as Messiah, if they keep the righteousness of the Torah, what's the righteousness of the Torah? The same righteousness of Abraham that they trust and believe in the promises of the God of Israel that are now being expressed through Yeshua as the Messiah when he shed his blood on the tree to provide and to give forgiveness of your sins when you repent of your sins and accept Yeshua as Savior and Lord, being saved by grace through faith, if the non-Jew keeps the righteousness of the Torah and thus shows that the their doers of the Torah shall not his uncircumcision or his physical uncircumcision be counted in the eyes of the God of Israel for circumcision, or in other words, be in right standing with the God of Israel. So let's summarize the point that Paul is making here in the example that he's using in Romans chapter 2. Paul is comparing non-Jews who are not physically circumcised, but yet follow the Torah in their heart, showing that they have circumcised heart 
versus a Jew who is physically circumcised, but yet in his lifestyle is not following the Torah, thus showing that he's uncircumcised in the heart. Let's see examples. Romans chapter 2 verse 13. Paul writes, it's not the hearers of the Torah that are just before God, but it's the doers of the Torah that will be justified. So Paul's advocating that non-Jews follow the Torah. The doers of the Torah will be justified. He says in Romans chapter 2 verse 14, when the Gentiles, which have not the Torah, or in other words, they grew up outside of covenant relationship with the God of Israel, if they do by nature the things contained in the Torah, if in their consciousness and in their conscience they do the things that are written in the Torah, which is primarily how you treat somebody, love your neighbor as yourself, if they conduct their lives in a morally upright way, which is the heart of the Torah, that is doing the things contained in the Torah, do they not in doing so, Romans chapter 2 verse 15, show that the Torah is written in their heart? You see, the Torah written in our heart is the will of God. In Psalm in chapter 40 in verse 8, I delight to do your will, O my God, yes, your Torah is within my heart. So the will of God is the Torah written upon our heart. And in Paul's example in Romans chapter 2 verse 15, he's speaking of a non-Jew who's demonstrating that the Torah is written in his heart. Now the Torah written in our heart is the new covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 and Hebrews in chapter 8 and verse 10. Paul continues in this comparing and contrasting the non-Jew who shows that the Torah is written on his heart and is not circumcised versus the Jew who is circumcised and does not follow the Torah. Romans chapter 2 verse 17. For behold, you are called a Jew and you seek to follow the Torah or you rest in the Torah and thus you make your boast in God that you're truly following the God of Israel. Then he says in Romans 2.23, you that boast of the Torah through breaking the Torah, don't you dishonor God? Romans 2.25, for circumcision, here he's talking about physical circumcision, only benefits you. Now what is physical circumcision? According to Genesis 17.9 and 10, it's a sign of an established covenant relationship wherein you have been, been made righteous by faith and trusting in the God of Israel. That that sign of the covenant, the physical circumcision, only benefits you if you keep the Torah. In other words, if you show that you're circumcised in your heart. But if you don't keep the Torah, which means that you're going to sh be showing a stony heart and thus uncircumcised in your heart, then what good is the physical circumcision, which is the sign that you are a covenant person of the God of Israel and thus you are showing through that sign and that seal that you are endeavoring to be a covenant keeper or a follower of the Torah. And so what good is the physical circumcision, the sign, if you're actually not following the Torah? That's the question that Paul is asking. So now in Romans chapter 2 verse 27, shall not uncircumcision, that is the non-Jew who believes in Yeshua as the Messiah, who by nature fulfills the Torah, and that is primarily he does that which is morally right and just and good. He doesn't lie, he doesn't cheat, he doesn't commit adultery, etc. Who by nature, if they fulfill the Torah, do they not show that the Torah is written upon their heart? Because they're being a doer of the Torah. Won't they who follow the Torah, won't the non-Jew who follow the Torah, Paul asks, judges those 
who are physically circumcised yet transgress the Torah. So what Paul's going to do in Romans chapter 2, verse 28, is he's going to do a wordplay on the meaning of the Hebrew word Jew, which in Hebrew is Yehudi. And a Jew or a Yehudi means a praiser of God. We can see this from Esther chapter 2, verse 5. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. The word Jew is the Strong's number 3064, and it's the Hebrew word Yehudi. And Yehudi comes from the Strong's number 3063, which which is Yehuda. And so somebody of the tribe of Judah, that is a Jew in Hebrew, he's Yehuda. And Yehuda comes from the Strong's number 3034, which is Yada, which means to praise or give thanks to God. So a Jew means a praiser of God. We can see this association in Genesis chapter 29, verse 35. It says in she, and here it's speaking of Leah, conceived and bare a son. And Leah said, now will I praise the Lord. And she called his name Yehuda, a praiser of God. So Paul is doing a play on the meaning in Hebrew that a Jew means a praiser of God when he writes in Romans chapter 2, verse 28, Well, that's going to conclude part eight of the series on the subject, Paul's life and letters for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.